This is an ABC podcast. Hey, what's happening? This is The Shake Up on Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. Thanks for dropping by, for giving us a listen, jumping onto the podcast. It's so good to be here to kickstart your weekend. Got a bit of fun in here, a bit of seriousness, maybe a bit of frustration too. Got all the emotions happening in this edition of The Shake Up. There is a lot coming up. Hi. A warning from Elon Musk and other tech industry experts about the power of artificial intelligence. I think we need to regulate AI. Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Playing video games used to be a hobby. Now, it's a profession. The misconception is that we're just consistently playing FIFA, but for me, that's probably about 20% of my day. Tenants often freak out about whether their beds are made for routine inspections. Number one, make sure the place is tidy. On Triple Jack. Yeah, we're chatting Elon's AI 180, investing in eSport athletes. We talked about that this week on Hack, got a quite a bit of feedback. And your yearly rental inspection, I want to hear what bullshit landlords have demanded you sort out after an inspection. you got to make your bed. you got to clean that coffee mug up on the sink. And as always, we're diving right into the big topics with some shake-up guests from Melbourne at the Comedy Festival. He's actually described as one of Australia's most exciting young comedians. Lewis Garnham, is that true? I don't know. It's a, it's, I, I, <laughs> Did you I like write you that? Saying Did it. you write like, it? You know, sometimes with those maybe. bios, they get you to yeah. write it. <laughs> I think someone else wrote that one, but I my Instagram bio for a while was the greatest comedian of all time. Well, yeah, right. Um, okay. I changed that because you can't convey tone on those things and people thought that I wasn't it's, taking the piss. It's but. pretty tricky. It's pretty tricky. Yeah. You must be gearing up for a big comedy festival. Is it pretty busy? Yeah, it's it's... It's hectic. It's the best time of year, though. I love it. Like, my whole year, um, sort of, this is like the climax of my year kind of thing. Okay. Um, I, I love it. It's just so fun in the city every night, doing shows, doing the show that I've worked on for the last year. It's just like, it's, it's such a meaningful, rewarding month. Oh, wow. That's, that's really deep. Oh, I love that. I just thought it was comedy. Was Lewis, deep? what the hell? Like, it's my, it's my life's achievement. No, but it is. It's a huge big deal. And we hope you've put an, as much preparation into this edition of The Shake Up. I'm sure you have. Someone I Absolutely. know will have done that. Is also a very funny person, senior producer at Pedestrian, Izzy Phillips. Welcome to the shake-up. Oh, Dave Marchese, it's good to be back. Big weekend ahead? Always, always. What have you got planned? Anything in particular or just, just chill out in a little bit? Bit of column A, bit of column B. Okay. you got to charge up, but you got to relax, you, you do, know? You do, you do, you do. And you know what? There's been a lot happening this week. If you've been looking at the news just over the past 24 hours, you would have seen Donald Trump's going to be charged over hush money payments to a porn star. We've got Gwyneth Paltrow being awarded $1 <laughs> after that dramatic ski crash trial. Lewis, have you got any favourite stories this week? I think that the Trump thing's quite uh, invigorating to see him sort of finally cop something. It's okay. also, I find it quite interesting and funny that, like, of all the crimes and war crimes that have been committed by ex-presidents of America, that, like, the thing to finally make someone accountable is a porn star. Well, um, hey, look, there's a lot happening in that story and I reckon we're going to be seeing a lot more over the next few days, over the weekend especially. But we're not talking about that one in particular. We've got so much other good stuff to get into. Hack. Elon Musk and more than a thousand fellow tech experts calling for a six-month pause on giant artificial intelligence experiments. On Triple J. 
Yeah, just when you were all good with AI, feeling great about chat GPT, Elon turns up and he and some other billionaires are saying, hold up, we need to wait a little bit with this AI development. We need to wait at least six months because there's a race to develop more and more powerful digital minds and the impacts on society could be catastrophic. Hack. An open letter signed by Elon Musk is calling for a pause on the development of more powerful artificial intelligence systems. I mean, I'm a little worried about the AI stuff. I fear I may have found some things to accelerate it. Okay, is anyone else having like an existential crisis about AI and what to do now? AI is doing incredible things with art. It's also said more about how it might remove us and why it wants to date us. He says after spending time with Bing AI, as it's called, it left him deeply unsettled to the point that he could not sleep. In their new letter, tech industry leaders pose these existential questions. Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? You could make a swarm of assassin drones for very little money. On Triple Jack. Yeah, what do we reckon about this one? We talk a lot about AI on Hack these days, but that's because... Everyone's talking about it. It's the big topic of the world, one of them, at least. We've already got messages coming through. Someone says, don't we already have too many artificially intelligent people in government? Keep AI going and it'll dictate our lives. Another person, I've been working with the World Science Festival Brisbane on a project investigating if cats can outsmart AI. It sounds like Elon Musk has been seeing our results. I don't know. Do you agree with Elon here and what these other people are saying that we need to stop and think for a bit before we keep investing and inventing more and more advanced artificial intelligence? Or what is the technology you think we should have pressed pause on, maybe? That's a good question. If you're passionate about this one way or the other, I want to hear from you. one 555 You can call in. You can message in as well. 439 Let's ask our shake-up crew. We've got comedian Lewis Garner and Izzy Phillips from Pedestrian. Hey, Lewis, how do you feel reading this story? Yeah, I never thought I would agree with Elon about anything, um, but, I, but I do. AI terrifies me. But the thing that I sort of wonder is, like, what does a six-month pause even do in terms of stopping this, like, you know, oh, I know. I was thinking I this understand. too. I was like, six months doesn't seem like a lot of time. Maybe it, it must be in terms of development of technology. Izzy, what were your thoughts on this one? Well, I think for the pause, what they're trying to do, right, is to develop some regulation and safeguard mechanisms to try and make sure that if this, you know, technology can have, you know, catastrophic capabilities, that there are some mechanisms in place to be able to try and stop it. But I think the main question comes to be, it's like, okay, cool. We take six months. We we try and figure out how to fix it, but how do we make sure it has teeth? What's an intergovernmental AI, you know, government body look like? Like, how do we, you know, have justice in in a realm of something so so spooky? Uh, someone on the text line, Mortimer, says, if Elon is worried, I'm not. Okay, so there's someone's opinion. Another person says they want a six-month pause so they can catch up to those who got in early and cash in. Mm. There's no altruism in this stunt. That's from Ben in Melbourne. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that. They're like, hold on. This is the weird thing, right? Because Elon's been so heavily invested in AI for years, right? And it, like people are saying it's a bit rich coming from him because he had Tesla and even just last month they had to recall all of these vehicles, hundreds of thousands, because of 
technology in there, the driver assistance system that could cause crashes. I thought that was so funny. The way you know, like, okay, we need to recall three hundred thousand Teslas because they can they can crash. And then Elon comes out. I'm obviously paraphrasing here. You know, using you know his sentiment in my own words, but he's like, toot toot, AI, let us drive. What's a crash? (laughs) Toot toot toot. Like, let's figure it out. But now, you know, he's totally backflipped and wants to put his signature on what feels like the right side of history. Mm, Lewis, are you suspicious? Absolutely. I don't think that anything that Elon has ever done or will ever do is governed by what's best for society. I think every decision that that guy makes is to do with his pockets. So even if we don't know what it is exactly at the moment, I think there's definitely a financial reason for him signing this open letter. I just don't buy that that guy is worried about society in that way. Um, The letter, if people read it, it says um, AI research and development should be refocused on making today's powerful state-of-the-art systems more accurate, more safe, more interpretable, transparent, robust, aligned, trustworthy, loyal. I don't know, Izzy, when you hear all that, are we kidding ourselves thinking that this tech is ever going to live up to all of that. Absolutely. And what are all of these words? Like, I want a technology that's loyal. It's like, get a dog, don't get AI. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, but what do these words actually mean? Like, what are they actually trying to do? Like, at the moment, it feels as though it's kind of a scramble. I think that we realise that this technology has some really serious repercussions um, and we're all just figuring out it's kind of a race to the bottom here. Yeah. Lewis, what do you think? Do you think it's too late to be kind of catching up? I agree with Izzy. Like, why do we need to bring those sorts of words into computers? Like, I don't, I don't see why. <laughs> that, and, you know, we've seen every movie. Like, once you start making them loyal, once you start making them have these, like, emotional, like, capabilities, that's when it's the beginning of the end. I don't know. Yeah, I feel, I feel like a six-month pause should be turned into a halt. There was, like, a famous Ooh. quote in the 20s by a guy who said everything that we need has been invented now. Like where if we continue inventing things now, we'd just be mucking around. I think maybe in the 20s that was a bit premature. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love my microwave, Lewis. Don't take <laughs> yeah, it away exactly. from me. There's been like, a few like things since phone. then, I reckon. <laughs> 100%. But in 2023, I reckon we're just about there, surely. Okay. I think we should, think Lewis, we should stop it all. <laughs> you're freaking out. Yeah. This I'm kind of scared. surprises me. Usually people well, are like, you know, oh, it concerns me a bit, but you're flipping out. You know why? It's I, writing comedy. Exactly. Exactly. And actually, I looked this up a bit earlier. I was like, what's AI doing with comedy? And I found, like, a lot of other people would have seen this, I'm sure, online. There's a lot of comedy that they're trialling, like, getting AI to write, feeding them hundreds of hours worth of comedian stuff, like yours, Lewis, probably. And it's coming up with some, with some gold. Here's a little bit here. Internet mad at me. Well, I'm mad at internet. I accept cookies but receive no pastry treats. Web is so fat. It is worldwide. Maybe put away cookies and eat cyber salad. (laughs) Oh, a bit of AI comedy there. I don't know. It's probably better than some of the comedy. I'm kidding, Lewis. Not yours. Not yours. They're not. They're not really targeting you just yet. But the journo's is he? We're in for a bit of a tough trot. Totally. I also love the TikTok girlies getting um chat GPT to get new skincare routines. That's definitely on my list for the weekend. Oh, here we Mm -hmm. go. You're right into it. You know the other thing. Speaking of AI, I did read that was interesting this week was that whole um community online that believes that you 
you should always say thank you to artificial intelligence because one day it'll be smart enough to analyse how you've treated it in the past <laughs> and it'll punish those who've not been nice. What the hell, Izzy, do you believe this? You know what? They say manners never go out of fashion. Oh, here we go. Very here we go. There it is. No, I always say, you know, whenever I ask Siri in the morning what the weather's going to be, <laughs> if I'm running late, what the time is, sometimes I'll chuck in a little thank you. you really? Know? Manners never go out of fashion, Dave. Okay, interesting. We've got more <laughs> messages coming through. Someone says Elon is just mad that he sold his shares in ChatGPT. He was once the co-founder. Another person says if AI does not care about corporate greed, it could actually be a win. Sam says, this tech is pretty spooky. Two words, Terminator. <laughs> Terminator, yes. Someone else says they want a six-month pause so they can catch up to those who got in early and cash in. Um, I think we actually read that text a bit before, but, yeah, the sentiment still applies right now. Lewis, what do you think? Like, do you use your best manners for AI? Are you worried that AI might one day roll back on this edition of the shake-up and go, hold on, he was freaking out and <laughs> yeah, telling people to stop the negative. progression? <laughs> exactly. Does it concern yeah, I think I'd be I think I'd be in a lot of trouble if Siri went back over all the things I've said to her. I think I'm a pretty polite person to human to human. Um and probably with Siri that's like one of my main or one of my only outlets where I can get really angry with no consequences. Okay. If there is consequences in 20 years time I reckon I'll be in trouble. Hey, well let's check in. Let's book in a shake up. You two back on the shake up in 20 years time. <laughs> We're doing here. it. Let's go. Hi. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no way anyone beats him. Your four-day world champion! On Triple Jack. Yeah, eSports. Is it time Australians fully got behind this hectic, huge industry and started investing in competitors properly? Because when we spoke about it this week on Hack, there were mixed opinions. Some of you can't wait for the day gaming is one of the top Olympic sports. Others, not so keen. Hack. Could gaming become an Olympic sport? Esports will be the biggest sporting industry in the world in the next couple of decades. Yeah, Dad, I'm an e-athlete now. Look it up. It's a thing. There are some esports contenders here that I can definitely see going to take the world stage. We can win gold medals for this and we can set up development pathways for our young people to play with the goals and aspirations of being an Olympic athlete. On Triple J. Yeah, you ready? Australia's eSport athlete takeover. Should we be investing more money, time, into this so that we're competitive with the rest of the world? Are you a gamer? If you are, what's the biggest misconception people have about you? Because this is what we heard a lot about this week. Gamers being like, we're sick of people thinking we just sit inside 24 hours a day, not interested in anything else. Are you worried about how all these issues tie in with our last topic with artificial intelligence maybe call in 1300 0555536 you can message in as well 0439757555 want to break it down with the shake up crew we've got Izzy Phillips from Pedestrian and comedian Lewis Garnham hey Izzy are you a gamer? Um, I had a Nintendo DS to uh, have a Nintendog on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and apart from that, you know, look, I've played Candy Crush on uh, my <laughs> iPhone time and time again, but reckon- I don't know if I would identify as a full gamer. Okay, probably not. Do you reckon that's in the running to be an Olympic um, event, Candy Crush? Could yeah, be. it should be. It absolutely <laughs> that. Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, what's the one with, like, the Fruit Ninja? Oh, that one, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Candy Crush adjacent. But, yeah, let's go. Lewis, what about you? You see yourself as an e-sport athlete? 
No, not at all. I'm, um, I, I did a bit of Red Dead Redemption during lockdown, but right. that like, lockdown was sort of as far as it went for me. I'm not a big gamer. Okay. I mean, hundreds of millions of people are, and they're into esports worldwide. The global market, they reckon, is going to be worth $2.5 billion in the next couple of years. And some of these big tournaments and events are pulling in more viewers than, like, the NRL Grand Final, like traditional sports. Do you think... That is a lot of older people maybe have no idea how big this is and how big it's getting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that if you told someone, you know, this esports game had more viewers than the NRL Grand Final, like I, I'm sure that that like that astounds me. Um, and I'm aware of how big this industry is, but I think it's incredibly exciting. Like I love the Olympics. Like. When the Olympics is on, on every screen in the house, I'm talking phone, laptop, housemates, laptop, TV, like every screen in the house. Like I'm so Olympics pilled. Like I love it. Fully into so it. the thought of getting a new sport like this, like it's meant to be the modern Olympics. Let's get digital. Okay. You know, why are we so analog about it? Like let's embrace it. Hey, so there's probably stuff in the Olympics now that you're like, time to get rid of that, time to get this in. Totally. It's like who's doing javelin every day? It's not me. <laughs> but are we playing games every day? Yes. Okay, Josh has sent in a message saying, I'm in the market for a girl game a girlfriend hit me up okay josh it's turned into tinder <laughs> um what do you reckon lewis what do you think in terms of uh, the future of esports do you think it should be at the big olympics like it's already in an olympic kind of spin-off tournament but like i'm talking about the summer games people are saying brisbane 2032 this is what we need to be seeing yeah i think i mean i think there'll be like pushback from the olympics and from athletes and from sport lovers but i think sport a competitive sport is you know, just as trivial as competitive gaming. Also, I don't want to be like pigeonholed as the the old guy that's romanticizing the old days before computers <laughs> and stuff. But I I can't think of anything worse than watching someone play a game. Gosh, it's <laughs> like, a bit I of a theme with care. you, isn't it, Lewis? Like yeah, you were reminiscing yeah. about the nineteen twenties before. You were like, it was no, better in the nineteen twenties. Always felt this way. <laughs> that was Seriously. your era. No, we, we were talking as well about. Um, you know, those who are at the top of esports being referred to as athletes. And when we spoke about this, like in the esport community, obviously no big deal. But when we talked about it on the radio and then on Hack's Instagram, we had a lot of feedback. Like Darius, who is a speed skater, commented and he said, as a current athlete who knows what it's like to compete for Australia and who has to earn every dollar, it's hard to hear this. I've got no problem with esports and its development as an Olympic sport. My problem is having things like the Australian Institute of Sport spending money on these um, sports when other athletes are told that they can't get access to any funding unless they finish, you know, top 10 in the world. Um, what do you think? Do you, what do you think of um, esports competitors being referred to as athletes, Izzy? Yeah, I've really thought about this one, right? Because I'm like, what is an athlete? An athlete is somebody who uses their time to try and make themselves better at a type of sport. And that's kind of what an esports player does. You know, they're using that time. Yes, you know, they might not be getting absolutely jacked, you know, but they're using their brain in, in different ways. And I think if they want to identify as an athlete, then we should absolutely let them. Okay, interesting. Someone else on the text line says, heck yeah, this is the future, baby. Another person says, Australia's late to the party with all of this. Someone else, I want a Pong to be an Olympic event. And another person, Nick from Perth, says, I'd pay to see video games speed running as an Olympic Olympic sport. Interesting. Would you watch esports at the Olympics, Lewis? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to like probably ruffle some feathers and 
annoy people on the text line and yeah, whatever. But I, I think the, the fundamental difference between physical sport and gaming is that physical sport, I think, is good for you, for your body and your mental health. And I know that there's a strong argument that gaming can be really good for certain people, especially neurodivergent people and stuff like that. But I think as a general thing, I don't think it's healthy. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me. I just don't think that three hours of gaming leaves your brain feeling good. You feel exhausted in an unhealthy way, whereas physical activity makes you feel good. And I think that's the core difference between these two things. And to encourage the one that has an unhealthy outcome, I just don't really agree with that. But I think the thing is, right, we're not saying that they have to be mutually exclusive. We're like, we're having both. We're having the physical exercise and we're having, you know, the esports. And I reckon there's a space in Brisbane for both of them to work in tandem. Okay, interesting. We've got a couple of different opinions, which we like to have on the shake-up. We've got also opinions on the text line flowing through. Someone says, big misconception of gamers is that they're unfit cave dwellers. I've got AR games that get you out of the house running around obscure locations. Another person says Australia can't compete seriously in eSports until our internet speed can compete on an international stage. That's interesting. And we've actually had a heap of uh, people into eSports get in touch and be like, there are several barriers in terms of how games are funded, in terms of the business like model behind it that would prevent it becoming really big really quickly um, in terms of like an Olympic sport for instance. Somebody else says, I have a couple of friends in the competitive gaming industry and the unfortunate fact is that we just don't have any viable teams here. It's a massive struggle to get financial backing. And another person says, physical sport at the level of competition in the Olympics is definitely not good for you. It's incredibly damaging to the body. Interesting. Some different opinions there. I don't know, what activity do you think should be included in the Olympics or should, that you'd be good at, Izzy? Is there one thing that you're like, oh, yeah, I'd it, smash that? Absolutely. <laughs> if there was a gold medal for finding the most cursed products on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> I reckon I'd have a couple of gold medals. <laughs> you'd be into it, Lewis? Yeah. What do you reckon? I'm just going to stick to the theme of me being an <laughs> anti-technology. I reckon tree climbing would be sick. Um I reckon that should be an event. I think it should be legitimised as a thing that adults can do and is socially acceptable because it's really fun. I did it at a music festival recently, climbed a tree, and it was the best. Oh, come on, tree climbing. <laughs> Interesting. You know what? I'd actually watch it. That's the thing. I'm, I, was, I was about to pay it out, and then I was thinking of the visuals behind it, thinking, yeah, it would actually like be. Like a race to the top would it'd be, be kind of compelling. Yeah, it would be exciting. Someone on the text line says, I just don't think people who do don't play the specific game, will watch or understand what's going on in the game. That's interesting. So maybe not enough broad appeal there is what people are saying. Philippa in Dubbo says, completely agree with Lewis. Lewis, you've got some backers. I've got one. You've got I've a got classmate one. from the 1920s, <laughs> Philippa. She's like, I remember the good old days before chat GPT. Someone else says, how about competitive dance revolution? It's physical. And then, oh, hold on, hold on. We've got a message here. Someone says, why not just call them e-athletes? Okay, so someone Perfect. solved mm. the whole problem. Also, why don't we just play Wii Sports? That solves it all. <laughs> True. That True. solves it everything. We've solved it, guys. Case closed. Hey, we've been doing it for years. <laughs> all right, let's get into our next topic, which I suspect a lot of people will have a lot to say. Pack. Tomorrow is inspection. Make sure the place is tight. This place is a mess. On Triple J. Okay. 
So picture this, the email from the real estate agent lands in your inbox and you're freaking out, of course. You're thinking, I'm about to be kicked out. No, luckily you're not. I'm about to get a rent rise. Probably, that's probably going to happen. But it's also time for your yearly inspection. This time of year, pretty run of the mill. So why are they so stressful? How much do you prepare for your inspection and how do you prepare? I'm interested. The reason I'm asking this question, you might be thinking, it's because a guy posted to Reddit this week saying he was told by the real estate agent to get ready for the inspection by doing a few things, including making the bed. I thought, what? Why is that important? What is going on here? And then this whole conversation started. People saying, yeah. I got asked to, you know, get rid of a few dirty mugs on the kitchen bench. I got asked to get rid of get rid of a bit of dust on the bathtub. I want to know what's the most rogue over the top thing that a real estate agent asks you to do before or after an inspection. And how do you deal with them? Do you stay and watch over them like a hawk or do you prefer to stay away? You don't want to have anything to do with them. Let me know. Real estate agents as well. Tell us. I know you're listening. What's the worst thing you've seen during an inspection? Keep it funny, though. Come on. Call in 1300-0555-36. You can also message in 0439-757-555. The Shake Up crew is here. We've got comedian Lewis Garnham and Izzy Phillips from Pedestrian. Hey, Lewis, this is a wild story. Have you ever received a message like this or been told off by a real estate agent? Nothing as ridiculous as the making the bed, but I, I had a rental inspection once where we had an old washing machine that we were throwing out was on our front porch and they were really annoyed about that and they said it, it, it ruined the facade of the house and we had to get rid of it ASAP, <laughs> which is maybe an acceptable thing to say, but the front fence of our house was like covered in graffiti and the gate was broken and fallen off and we'd asked them to fix that for months and they hadn't, like there was like big like F-bombs and C-bombs written on the front of our house (laughs) and they were worried about a washing machine, like just the hypocrisy of it. You're like, oh, that works. I guess those those words work with the facade, I guess so. (laughs) Um, It's interesting, but that's what people were saying on this uh, initial uh, post that was made. They were saying, yeah, I got in trouble for having a few dirty dishes on the sink, but the house was filled with black mould. So, I mean, that's crazy. Izzy, what did you think about this story? Yeah, I think it just speaks to the fact that if you're a renter, you just have absolutely like no rights. Like they could just come through and then, you know, you're told within 30 or 90 days, you got to scram, you got to get out of there. So I think that this fear that so many of us have is vested in such truth because it could just literally happen to you for not making a goddamn bed. Oh, it's crazy. We've got so many (laughs) messages coming through. Jules says, after an inspection, the real estate agent made me dig up flowers that I'd planted in a garden bed, sent me a photo of how it looked when I moved in, not as good as it looked with my flowers. She actually rejected my bond refund until I dug them. Oh, my gosh. Another person says, I've had two inspections with no notice, no paperwork, just let themselves in while I was working. That's interesting. I'd be checking what the rules are around that one. Someone else says, I once failed a rental inspection because there were crumbs on the bench near the toaster from breakfast that morning. (laughs) That was six years ago, and I'm still fuming about it. Gabrielle in Brisbane says, I'm a real estate agent, we had to tell the tenants to be more discreet with their dildo, their stash of marijuana. Another tenant was selling drugs and had an enormous spider in a terrarium, scared the life out of us. 
Um, okay, so we've got a few different opinions. Good to hear from the real estate agents too. <laughs> we've got Ariel on the line. Ariel, what's your experience with this? Yeah, so I had a um, inspection for vacating the property and we had a skylight, like one of those little tunnel skylights in our kitchen. Yeah. Mind you, the house was like over 50 years old. And um, when they asked us to clean out the skylight, the little screws on it had these little plastic covers on them. So when we removed them, they just turned to dust and they corroded away and okay. we were asked to replace them. Oh, what? Where do you even find those? <laughs> That's so great. Mile in Bunnings, apparently. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it can be pretty picky. They can be pretty picky. Thanks for calling in. Ariel, really appreciate hearing from you. Christy says a landlord got mad thinking we were keeping birds in our flat. Our doona cover leaked feathers and they got stuck in the carpet. <laughs> Someone else says, this is crazy. Ash says, our real estate unscrews the plugs in the sink and shines a light down them as well as lifting oh the toilet God. cistern lid and looking in there. That's so full oh, I didn't know God. this was going to get so huge. Oh, my gosh. Does it stress you out, Lewis, when you have an inspection? Like, do you freak out a little bit? Yeah, a little bit, to be honest. Um, I, I Because they didn't do them in the 1920s, did they? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, and it's all online now. Yeah. Sometimes they do them over Zoom. You don't know that how freaks it works. Me out. <laughs> what about you, Izzy? Do yeah, you freak out? I really freak out. I really <laughs> go around the twist about it. I had one recently, and you know, he was like nice enough about it, but it. At the end of the day, it's just some stranger coming into your house, taking photos of like every every corner, every little morsel of of your home. It. it that's I understand true. why it needs to happen, but it equally feels like pretty intrusive and a bit scary. Someone says, I once got a breach notice for having a pair of jeans on the bedroom floor. Apparently it was a fire hazard. What the hell? This is crazy. Look, that's all we've got time for, unfortunately, because the tech sign's exploding right now. Hey, Lewis Garnham, Melbourne Comedy Festival, what are your shows? I would love you to see my show, everyone listening. My show's called <laughs> Lewis Garnham Hit a Pigeon with His Bike. It's on at the Melbourne Town Hall. <laughs> at 9pm for the entirety of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Nice, we love that. And senior producer at Pedestrian, Izzy Phillips, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. And that's all we've got time for on The Shake Up for now. Huge thanks to our guests, comedian Lewis Garnham, and also Junkie Media's Izzy Phillips. A big thanks to the Hack Team as well, executive producer Claire Bloomer, our reporters as well, Shalala Madora, April McLennan, Angel Parsons, Kimberly Price, Jack Gow, Nathan Nigidula, and Miles Holbrook-Walk for another big week. I'll catch you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Hack on Triple J.